there's a story you should know from a hundred years ago, and a hundred years we've waited now to tell. Now the Yankees come along, and they'll listen to this song, and they'll quake in fear to hear this rebel yell. And they'll quake in fear to hear this rebel yell. Yeah! Oh, the South's gonna rise again. everyone and welcome to Exploit It. I'm Alexis Chowski. And I'm indecisive Kevin Daly. And this week we are talking about 2000 Maniacs from 1964 directed by Herschel Gordon Lewis. Now we got us a big barbecue to start things off tonight. You're all invited to a centennial celebration. What they were celebrating wasn't important. And it sounded like a heap of fun until 2,000 maniacs crazed for carnage started bathing an entire town in pulsing human blood. You'll see six young strangers doomed to slaughter by an ancient curse. And from his lips there came an awful sound. Brutal, evil, ghastly beyond belief. You'll see the most diabolical device ever contrived, designed solely for assassination by a town of madmen, insane with bloodlust. Stonewall took a gun and he made the Yankees run, but he. 2,000 maniacs, gruesomely stained in blood color. Said, I'm a giving you a dying man's request. I'm a giving you a dying man's request. Yeah! Starring Playboy's favorite playmate, Connie Mason. Yeah! Oh, the South's gonna rise again. <laughs> Doggone it! This ain't the best centennial anybody ever had! This movie's a lot different than Blood Feast. It is a lot different than Blood Feast. It has a which is, I mean, that's that's a good thing. It means uh, Mr. Lewis has has range. It has a totally different energy. Yep. Whereas Blood Feast was like dark, quiet. The only soundtrack was boom, boom. Yeah. This movie has like all people cheering all over the place. It's music my- all the time. <laughs> Pretty sure my note said this is basically a musical at one point. It kind of is. This movie's a fucking party the whole time. It's weird. And when you compare it to Blood Feast. Yeah, it's um it's weird. That's uh I mean, okay. Well, I haven't decided how I feel about this. So it's yeah. With these scenes literally playing entire songs, this is basically a musical. That's what yep. I wrote. So the movie starts right off of the bat with a song, The South Gonna Rise Again. We just kicks right off with this banjo playing and yeehaw! Oh, it's terrible. It hurts. Yeah, and the song is like, Robert E. Lee's gonna come back and fuck your shit is basically what the song is. Yep. Talks about the rebel yell. The only rebel yells I like are the booze and the Billy Idol song named after the booze. Yep. And while this is going on, we're watching um, these two hicks, hillbillies, southern gentlemen. Yeah, southern, southern gentlemen, yes. Lure cars with uh, northern license plates off to their town. They set up these janky-ass detour signs. Totally legit. Not at all Skimaz 
uh, detour signs. Yeah, just like paint on a piece of wood in the middle of the road, and these people just, oh, okay, I guess we turn this way. And so let's see here. They, uh, yeah, they're setting a detour. At one point, they, they spot that they have southern license plates, so they let them go. And let's see, my notes again say, Yeehaw of the South gonna rise again. And so they're leading them all to the town of Pleasant Valley. Yes, I'm sure it is lovely and pleasant. Yes, they're having their centennial, because their dates are from April 1865 to April 1965. April Which is interesting, which is actually interesting, because it means that the town was founded after the Civil War. Yep, right after the Civil War, this town was founded. Kind of interesting, given the uh, theme of the movie. And we we see this town, everyone's running around, having a party, setting up this centennial with like 8,000 Confederate flags. Oh yeah, it's it's actually <laughs> kind of disturbing, given the tenor of today's Yes, this entire existence. town is just covered in Confederate and, flags. And the tenor of what things were like in 1965. Yeah, uh, this was, this movie came out the same year as the Civil Rights Amendment. And, um... Yeah, this band is walking down the street, so now we're actually seeing them sing. We're not hearing the soundtrack. Yep, we have to hear the whole goddamn song. Oh, no, it plays the song, like, twice. It goes back and plays other verses over again. Like, three times in the hit song you hear, Robert E. Lee broke his musket on his knee. Yeah. And the credits inform us that this song is written by Herschel Gordon Lewis and performed by the Pleasant Valley Boys. And during this, there's these kids with a cat, and they just fucking kill this cat. Yeah, they lynch the cat. It's a black cat, too. Very subtle movie. Very yeah. subtle. Like, out of nowhere, they just, these kids are, everyone's having a good time, then these kids just strangle a cat, and we get this freeze frame of the noose, because there's credits over it. Yeah, 2,000 Maniacs, I'm assuming they're talking about the townsfolk. I think I'd rather take my chance with the Deep One hybrids in Innsmouth. Yeah, which... I I will worship Dagon. <laughs> Interesting you mentioned Insmith. We'll get to that round about the end. Um, and then the music ends, and the movie turns into Manos for a couple minutes. That is literally what I wrote. Going full Manos with the repeated scenery. <laughs> yeah, that's what I have, too. I put, it's like Manos in here. Because <laughs> there's just no more sound except for <laughs> cars driving. Yep. Fucking terrible. <laughs> we watch these cars drive around forever. Until they... They pull up back into Pleasant Valley, population 2000, and the whole town is fucking cheering. Yeah, and uh, it's not creepy at all. Yeah, you just pull into town and the whole fucking town comes out at your car. Yeah! Especially if you're in a weird town in Arkansas and you're from Chicago. My lesson that I learned today is just don't drive in the south. Yeah, don't believe the detour signs. That's right. And so the town's just introducing themselves. Um, we meet Mayor Buckman. Uh, we meet... Yeah fucking Billy. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Because he just, like, hops up on their car. He's like, welcome to town! This fucking kid. Kid, yeah. Yeah, that's the theme for that character, the whole, whole And, um, kid. yeah, they're, they're all like, it's more guests for the centennial! And I think one's like, I, I don't want to talk to these strangers. Well, if you know his name... Oh, no, no, it's the, uh, the couple that comes up. Oh, yeah, the, the woman and the hitchhiker he picked up. Yes. Which are... The character, actor, and actress who were also in Blood Feast. Yes, the leads from Blood Feast are the leads here. Yes. And she's just a lady because it was 1960s and they didn't think women were people. That's right. And then he's like a teacher on his way to a conference. Yeah, he's heading towards Atlanta or some shit. I don't know. And 
they they think that they're a couple. Like the the town's like you're a couple. She's like, no, he's a hitchhiker. I just picked him up. I don't know him. Yeah. Well, if you know his name and he knows yours, then it's not strangers, are you? I do like the performance of the mayor. Oh yeah, the mayor is great. He's yes, the best he town person. Oh yeah, yeah, he's great. In the sequel, he's played by Robert England. Oh, in the two thousand one. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I like Robert England, so that's awesome. But. This one thing that bothered me in this scene, this couple comes up, and they introduce themselves. The guy's like, hello, I'm John Miller. And then the woman comes up, and her voice comes from the bottom of a well, and she goes, hello, I'm B. Miller. It's got this huge echo. Yeah. Um, there's definitely some different film stock <laughs> used here. And the dubbing can be all over the place. Yeah, this was not a high-budget film. Sound quality was less than uh, ideal. So they're like, we're gonna set you up in our best hotel! Which looks like a really shitty hotel. It's probably their only hotel, to be fair. And, um, so these two of them, the, the, the two main hillbillies that we'll see, and I never got their names. Um, the, oh yeah, the one two, of, yeah, I don't remember their names either. The two that were setting up the detour stuff, they have this conversation. Well, first they're like, they want a pregame. Yeah, they do. <laughs> to serve Yankees. Yeah. Um, it's, the, it's the theme of the at least first day of this, this event. But yeah, they, they have this conversation, though, about like, let's go have our own little extra centennial. That's right. But they also talk about the mayors there, and they're like, did you see in that the, the, the couples? Because there's the two couples that are blood feast pairing. Yes. And then there's these four people that were in one car together. And of one of those, this married couple, they're like, did you see the way that Betsy Gunther was looking at that fella? And the other guy, I what was his name? Uh, I have it written down later, so I'm sure we'll come across it. I should have probably made note of their names, but I just thought of them as victims one through six. Well, Betsy Gunther's the southern girl, and there's the southern guy. These guys, I don't remember their names. The, the victims, I don't remember. Yeah. But basically, they're going to just have these two break apart that, that wedding couple, basically. Right, because neither of them is particularly uh, faithful to the other one. And let's see here. Yeah, they're like, they're going, she don't want to miss the barbecue! Because they're having <laughs> yeah. a barbecue that night, and so they're sending this these two to, to take that couple to the barbecue separate. And these two Southerners, they laugh like they're high. The whole fucking movie. Harper is the, the, the guy. Oh yeah, Harper's the guy. Cause he, uh, well, first the girl calls up the our, our victim, and it's like, oh hey, I'm gonna show you around town. Let's go for a walk. And the dude tells his wife, oh, the mayor wants to see me. Yeah. Well. And I'm like, oh hey, even in proto slasher films, that the trope of shitty person dying is bound to happen. Yeah. And so he goes off on his walk with this girl, and then the guy calls up to take, you know this wife out for a walk and they're like everyone's giggling in the background during this phone call yeah it's like dude you guys are gonna blow your cover shut up and so we get the walk with harper and i guess the girl's name is b that's what my note says harper ah, and yes, on their b. Walk. that's right and they just sit down in the middle of nowhere and start making out and then he pulls out this 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 knife to show it to her he's like look at my knife it's really sharp and just starts cutting up her hand yeah and he's like, careful with this knife, ma'am, it's sharp. You know, he's just like gouging in her fingers and everything. And so they take her to the doctor, which apparently is just like in a rec hall. <laughs> yeah. 
They just toss her on the table in front of a fireplace, and the doctor comes out, and it's like, oh, well, you're gonna need some serious surgery, girl. Yeah. And then the other fucking townspeople come in, the two crazy people, then they're just laughing and laughing, and they, uh, they just cut this girl's arm off. Yeah, it's like that scene from Green Inferno. Yeah. And it gets even more green inferno way when they're like, we just got some food for the barbecue. Yeah, why does it always come back? Yeah, it's time for some long pig. Why does it always come back to cannibals with us? I don't know. At least these ones aren't in the Amazon, because it always comes back to the Amazon with us, too. We're, we're either having cannibals, or in the Amazon, or, or both. Tom is our hero. Who's oh. It? Yeah, because I got the Hero yeah, quotes. Hero quotes. Because him and the girl. I hate this fucking well he was no good in blood feast either no yeah he was shit in blood feast too he's like well i think something's up you know and i think our solution here to this this problem you know because he talks about isn't that when the civil war ended didn't the what? civil war happen around these parts yeah right the motherfucker looks just like bobby flay and i just i can't get it out of my head when i'm watching these fucking movies it's like why is bobby flay in this movie? and so his his solution to getting them out of this situation i guess is i know a specialist in u.s history i can call yeah who might know a little bit about this civil war i've heard of. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> obviously he's it's more detailed than that it's the specific town he's curious about yeah <laughs> Yeah, you can tell but, me about this this odd thing that nobody in the United States knows about. Right. Well, as we find out, even people who live nearby are not familiar with it. But that happens at the end. So he calls the, the hotel in Georgia where this guy is staying, and he's getting the runaround, but finally leaves a message. And then it cuts to the mayor hanging up the phone like, Yeah, I'll send you a message as far as I can throw it. And he just makes it and throws it away. Yep. I'm like, why did you write the message then, you fucking asshole? Because he's bored. And then we get the barbecue happening that night, and it's a big, big shindig out in the in the woods. There's a bonfire. Um, that poor girl's arm is on a spit. Obviously, a human arm. <laughs> yes. On the spit, <laughs> but no one ever questions it. Well, they question it, but doesn't. They don't go, "Hey, is that a human arm?" <laughs> yes. Yeah, so one of the people asks, "What's that?" And the the townsfolk goes, oh, that's just a thing for the centennial. And they go, okay. Even though it's blatantly a human arm roasting on the spit. And while this human arm is roasting, the band is playing a song that says, roll in my sweet baby's arms. It's good. It's good. Yep. As we're watching this arm rolling in the fire. And then the one dude, uh, that that husband, is drunk as hell. Yeah, he's gotten a hold of some moonshine, and it uh, doesn't seem like it's the good kind. There is, If you find good moonshine, good moonshine is awesome. Yep. Bad moonshine is, well, it's it's not good. And so he's getting drunk, and he's like, where's my wife? Oh, she'll show up. Here, drink some more of this. And Johnny, that's his name. I said, Johnny going, getting drunk as hell from shine. Oh, yeah. Johnny, he just seemed like generic stereotype Italian dude to me, so... Well, he has generic stereotype name, Johnny. Yeah. And so, meanwhile, Tom starts snooping around the woods and he finds this monument. I'm gonna call him Johnny Limbs. Johnny Limbs, yes. But Tom yes. finds this monument and shows it to the girl. And the monument basically says that this town, you know, something about the Civil War and they're gonna always get revenge on the 
the northern aggression. Yeah, I guess a bunch of soldiers had come in there, Union soldiers, and raped and massacred this entire town of people. And so Tom's like, we gotta get the fuck out. This is the centennial of blood vengeance. We are here to be killed. Yeah, vengeance is sacred. Let's go back to the hotel and go to sleep. Yeah, good call. Which is exactly what they do. Very logical. Meanwhile, they decide to to get Johnny into a into a horse race. Yes, they're horse. like, "There's a horse race," and he's like, "Super drunk one. I I don't know how to ride a horse. Oh, you don't gotta ride. You just gotta pray. There's gonna be four horses, and yeah, they draw and quarter him. Yep, a little faster than uh, it would take a little longer for the horses to pull a person apart than that. But yes, and then after he's drawn and quartered, they're like, "Let's have some music." And they all sing Dixieland. They all sing that, I wish I was in Dixie. And it goes on for the entire song. With the whole town just standing there with this dude's dead body in front of him. And they're just singing Dixie. It's insane. And that's my note here. It's just in capital, insane people. Oh, I mean, kind of. It's insane in the context of that scene. In the context of the whole movie, once you get to the punchline of the movie, it's maybe not so insane. Next morning, there's a hillbilly serenade. <laughs> yeah, there is. That would be like fresh hell. Because <laughs> they're just down in front of the motel looking up at the window playing some song. And so they take one of the guys. They're like, we're going to go to the barrel roll. We're going to do a barrel roll like in Star Fox. Oh, yeah. There we go. Oh, <laughs> the I will say there was a little subtle bit of sound editing I liked. Um, they were doing that hillbilly serenade. And uh, I think the woman goes, I think they're trying to separate us. And the lyric of the song is immediately, oh, yes, oh, yes. Oh, wow. That's (laughs) exactly what they're doing. (laughs) Well done, song. Well done. So the barrel roll, it's not pressing L on the controller to flip your Star Fox ship. (laughs) But there is some spinning. Yeah, basically you get in a barrel and you roll down the hill. And they're trying to get this, this guy in the barrel. And for some reason, the dubbing here goes really, really off. Sound quality fail again? Yep. Yeah, it goes slow motion dubbing. Oh, yeah, it's awful. It sounds like a nightmare, because it's just, they're they're suddenly... It's that scene in Mandy, except (laughs) not intentional. Yeah, it's just suddenly, get in the barrel, ha ha ha. They just sound demonic. Yeah, Uh, again, not a high budget film. And then it gets in the barrel, and the dubbing is suddenly fixed. Thankfully. I'm not sure I could have watched the rest of it. It was going to be dubbed that way the rest of the movie. Yeah. Oh, it's just like that one, that those two minutes of hell. And everyone's yeah. laughing, and it's all slow motion. Just, <laughs> ha, 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 ha. Yeah, it's really, really intense. <laughs> not intentionally, just, yeah. And um, But they get him in the barrel, and they just put a bunch of nails in the barrel. And then shove it down the hill, so by the time it gets to the bottom, he's dead. That'd be extraordinarily painful. Yeah. Still a really clever kill. Much better than just chopping off limbs. Yeah, I I would say the other one is also good. The next one. Yeah. Uh, We'll get to the next one in a second, because first we have Tom and Girl. Oh, yeah. Trying to escape, and the soundtrack here is just playing, like, weird-ass flute music as they run around the woods and everything. The classic padded chase sequence. Yep. Uh, they 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 end up in quicksand. Suddenly random quicksand. But they get out of it okay, but the guy chasing them falls into uh, the quicksand. Yeah, that was uh, Harper chasing them, if I recall correctly. Yes, it was Harper. Which I know because they say his name at the end. Yeah. And... 
Meanwhile, our uh, our last of the other victims, who knows everything is fucked in this town by this point. By the way, why does why does Tom keep calling the girl honey? They met like a day and a half ago, and they're not even like a couple. Yeah, I, well, that's just what people call women. I know. I get called honey it, all the time. It's icky. So does my wife on the phone. It's it's, it's kind of icky. Yeah, not gonna lie. Men still do that today. It's gross. Usually, usually older men. So they take this this woman who she knows everything in this town as fuck. She knows all my friends are dead right now, right? By the way, the fact that that dude died in the uh, quicksand makes there only nineteen hundred and ninety nine maniacs left. Theoretically. Theoretically. Um, we th- we think there are only nineteen hundred and ninety nine. <laughs> Just wait till the end when Tom the school teacher makes it zero maniacs. No. That's right. I would love that movie. <laughs> it just goes it goes like Return of the Living Dead on <laughs> the town. No, but this girl they they, they take her to, to Teetering Rock, which is this big ass boulder on top of a pole, and they're like, "We're you're just gonna judge if this rock's gonna fall." She's like, "No, I'm not. You, you people are fucking crazy." And they're like, oh, yeah, and part of it, we're going to tie you onto this piece of wood right under the rock, too, so you can yeah. see it better. She's like, no, you're just going to kill me. Fuck you. But they still tire. And then they got all these these balls, and they're like, I got you one of them newfangled softballs. I'm Which, like, well, it, yeah. Was softball a new thing? Not 1965, however... <laughs> Actually, I'm going to look that up. Like, when was softball made? Yep. Because <laughs> these people act like they never seen one before. It's uh, 1887 in Chicago by George Hancock. Oh, okay. Yeah, so... We're not... Let's not, we're not going to give away the ending yet, but let's just say that it would... It makes sense that they... Uh, <laughs> it makes that sense. They, that they would think it's new. And so there's a little target next to the rock that apparently once you hit it with the softball, it's going to push the rock onto this girl. And it's it, like the world's shittiest dunk tank. Yes, it is. The dunk tank of death. Yep. And the town keeps taking turns and they're all fucking missing. Yeah. It goes on forever. And yeah. even the mayor's like, ain't nobody got any marksmanship around here. <laughs> and one guy finally goes up and hits it and she's smashed with the rock. And the whole town cheers. Meanwhile, Tom and girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're back in the town on their escape route. <laughs> Looping back around. And they run in to fucking Billy. It's generic boy name. Generic boy name, and this kid is horrible. Well, we already <laughs> saw him strangle a cat, so I mean, he's... <laughs> yeah. It's not like he gave us the best first impression there, but he's such a brat to them. Yeah. And so they're, they're trying to find out where their car is. And he's like, sure, I know where my your car is, but I want to go to the festival. And so they offer him candy, and it's, he's just like, give me the candy! Give me candy! And he leads <laughs> them to the garage, and they're like, we'll let you drive the car, Billy. Meanwhile, the, the mayor is like, go find these other people. Uh, we still got an axe-throwing contest, and that lady, that Yankee lady has to run the gauntlet. Two things that I wish we could see. Yeah, sadly, we never see either of those things. No. Axe throwing contest, I can imagine. That's as they throw axes at a dude. But the gauntlet, that it fascinates yeah. me. What is the gauntlet? What's in the gauntlet? But and the town starts to realize that they're getting away. And so they, the couple, they get Billy, 
to, to find the keys for them, promising that he'll get to drive, and they just drive out with Billy, like, sitting in the back seat, whipping around a slingshot the whole time. <laughs> and there's a car chase, and during this car chase, they stop in a field and just yeet Billy out of the car. I know, I, lo- I love it. <laughs> they just toss Billy out and drive away, and Billy's like, You damn liars, you Yankee pieces of shit! It's hilarious. There's a scene before this where they're talking. They're taking down all of the festival banners and stuff. It's like, yeah, they took Billy. It's like, ah, I hope they take him, they take that little shit away forever. But I have a feeling he'll be back here. So the couple, they make it out of town and they go into the next town over with their crazy story about this this town. That this whole town of Pleasant Valley was trying to kill everybody. And the cop there's like, well, I'm going to give you a breathalator test. Yeah. And I'm like, I've never heard that phrase before. Oh, yeah, and I have another line from Billy after they, they drop him off. Yeah. Billy goes, well, I'm going to catch me a cat and have some fun. But you did that already. <laughs> yeah. So the cop is now assured that these people are not drunk or crazy, and they go out to go to the town, and it's just gone. The town's gone. The, the road is gone. Li- literally nothing there. They see their tire tracks going into nothing, and the cop's like, well, that's mighty peculiar. You see, there used to be a town here. Pepperidge Farms remembers. That's right, Pepperidge Farms remembers this. Pepperidge Farms remembers Pleasant Valley. That, that you know, that the monument was right about that. You know, there was this town that was pillaged and destroyed by northern soldiers, and yep. it was actually never rebuilt. It, it stayed destroyed and gone. Yep. And we see the monument fade away. It's like fucking Brigadoon. (laughs) (laughs) This fucking town just comes out of the ether every hundred years. Yep, to seek vengeance. (laughs) To seek vengeance. And then we get the two hillbillies, and they're talking about, Oh, the next centennial, they're gonna have rocket ships! Yeah, so these ghosts have been there since 1865, having been murdered horribly by... Union soldiers. Yeah. So uh, softball would have been relatively new technology to them, mm-hmm. given that it was invented in 1887. Well, they didn't panic when they saw a car. No. And they knew exactly what how to detour the car and sneak it in town. <laughs> yeah, I, it's interesting because obviously the first hundred years, but they've been. I I guess the ghosts have been monitoring things. I suppose this is their at least it. some. Some of them may have been able to monitor things. Yeah, but this is their inaugural vengeance. Yes, and it apparently was very successful. Yep, they are happy. Even though two of them got away, they're just happy with how the centennial turned out. And they yell out, Harper, time to go! And he just climbs on out of the quicksand and follows them. And they're like, there's something wrong with him. <laughs> because he could have gotten out at any time. He just stayed there the whole time. <laughs> yeah, he's like, this is my centennial here. And yep. it starts playing that theme song again. Yep. South will rise again. On on another endless loop. And yep. it gives us the cast, which it says at the top, You have seen... Dot, dot, dot. And it just starts listing the people <laughs> and their scenes. And interestingly, this was filmed entirely in the beautiful city of St. Cloud, mm. Florida. And, uh, of course it's Florida. Yeah. Well, Blood Feast took place in Miami. Marshall Gordon-Lewis is from Florida. Yeah. And apparently he's still bitter about the Civil War? Yeah, I don't- I don't know. (laughs) He wrote the fucking song. But yeah, that movie, it's a whole lot different than Blood Feast. And I'm conflicted on it because I think it's a lot more fun than Blood Feast. But the, uh, 
these racist southerners kind of like I can't get too into it. I I, I like Blood Feast a lot. Um, I was not. This was this was good. I mean, this is very different. I like the little supernatural twist at the end. I kind of like the, that idea. Uh, but oh man, the the music it hurts. Yeah, the music hurts. Um, technically, this it's I, a parody of Southern hospitality. Yeah. Because when they come in, it's all like Southern hospitality, like, you're our guest of honor for our centennial, only to fucking butcher them. Yeah. But I mean, it also points out, uh, what I one of the interesting things I do like about this, just from a historical perspective, um, is bringing up the fact that atrocities almost certainly were committed by Union soldiers. I mean, we look at the South and the Confederacy, and, and rightfully so for the most part, to be kind of on the wrong side of things. But that doesn't excuse the behavior of certain soldiers who undoubtedly did rape, pillage, mutilate, murder southern in southern towns. Yes. I'm sure this happened. Oh, no doubt it happened. They fucking burned Atlanta. You ever seen Gone with the Wind? Yeah. So, I mean, that's what happens in war, right? Like, we have this, we have this, you know, romantic notion of good guys versus bad guys. But that's actually kind of bullshit. I mean, these are still humans, right? And... Humans, especially in times of, of violence, are prone to committing horrible acts. And, you know, even if you have one side that is got a little bit of the moral high ground, it doesn't mean that individual soldiers or troops didn't also commit heinous acts. So it's nice to kind of see that brought up and mentioned as like, hey, the North wasn't know, so good. <laughs> the, North, the North, in aggregate, was was on the right side of that war, but also... There were soldiers who behaved incredibly horrifically. So there's a quote about this movie from Lux Interior, the, the lead singer of The Cramps. The Cramps, yeah, yeah. Who said that he loves this movie. He's like, the people who act in the movie actually live in the town where it was filmed. They look very inbred. There's a wonderful scene where they take this sexy girl and drop this 2,000-pound rock on her from 20 feet, and the whole actual town is out there watching. Old ladies all looking like, what are we doing here? <laughs> they just got the whole town to be in this movie and didn't tell them it's this fucking gore film. Sounds like, uh, I mean, that's the, uh, that's a, that's textbook for exploitation cinema, right? Like the, like when you do the cannibal films, you just get the natives. <laughs> yeah. <you just laughs> the extras in your film. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think it's a fun film. It's cool. I mean, I, like I said, I like the punchline of it. It's like, oh, hey. It's a revenge film from the perspective of the people getting revenge done on them. Yeah. The cast is certain. Well, the maniacs are certainly energetic. Yeah. I, the people in the, the movie, at least, definitely the, the townsfolk are having, the actors are having a great time. The mayor and the, and the uh, centennial directors, the two other hillbillies. Yeah. No, we'll probably visit Herschel Gordon-Lewis again. I mean, he's got many a film that we would cover. Yeah, although I really don't, I'm not as familiar with the others. Yeah. Although one of them, A Taste of Blood, is referred to as the Gone with the Wind of Gore. And I'm like, oh, like this one? About the sound? I was going to say, this is the Gone with the Wind of the Gore, right? No, but apparently A Taste of Blood is over two hours long. <laughs> he did Monster A Go Go. Yes, he did do Monster A Go Go, which was on I, MST. It was. There was a Blood Feast too. 
Oh god, do not ever watch Blood Feast 2. Ever. Oh. All you can eat. Oh, it's it's atrocious. <laughs> I, I watched that back when we did the original Blood Feast episode. I watched Blood Feast 2. It's, oh, it is. It's shot on VHS in 2002. It, <laughs> it looks like crap. It's just horrible. <laughs> it's, it is, oh. If if we're ever desperate for something, maybe, but no, I don't. We'll probably never watch Blood Feast Two because next week, next week is Silent Night, Deadly Night Part Two. Oh, excellent! Yes, a Christmas film. A Christmas film. Technically, our second Christmas film we discussed, but <laughs> the other one was a a special exploited short. Yes, an exploited short. Um, but yeah, we'll be watching Silent Night, Deadly Night Part Two. Not part one. Part two. Fuck part one. Part two's the best. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Total fucking professional. So that was our episode on 2000 Maniacs. Hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you like what we do, make sure to leave a review and let others know. Help get the word out. For more episodes, check out our website, exploitatpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at PodcastExploit or on Instagram at ExploitedPodcast or contact us at ExploitedPodcast at gmail.com. Join us next week for Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. There's a story you should know from a hundred years ago and a hundred years we've waited now to tell. Now the Yankees come along and they'll listen to this song and they'll wake in fear to hear this rebel yell. And they'll wake in fear to hear this rebel yell. Yeah! Oh, the South's gonna rise again. <laughs>